name is Terry Kind, and I'm the editor of In the Moment, the personal narrative section of academic pediatrics. In this forum, we share your stories, your experiences with patients or experiences being a patient, the influence of mentors, the impact of policy and societal events, and the relationship of the author's work in pediatrics to their lives and the lives of others. These narratives allow the reader, or here the listener, to make connections to larger themes through the story itself. This is Kara Texler, pediatric hospitalist and assistant professor of pediatrics at the Nationwide Children's Hospital and the Ohio State University College of Medicine. And I'll be reading my essay, Trust and Uncertainty, which was published in Academic Pediatrics. We say in medicine, trust your gut. It is a phrase to acknowledge uncertainty, even as we are obliged to be decisive. When I went for my mammogram appointment this year, I hoped for a normal result that would allow me to carry on without interruption of my busy life as a pediatric hospitalist and mother. About an hour after I left the radiology suite, I read the report. Microcalcifications at 5 o'clock extending anteriorly. Possible early cancer. In that moment, my gut said, this is not going to be routine. I had undergone diagnostic imaging once before for an abnormal mammogram, but this felt different. With trepidation, I attended another diagnostic mammogram appointment. When the radiology tech asked for one additional image, I had a feeling this wasn't going to be the 15-minute, everything-looks-great-after-all appointment that I had previously. After reading multiple images, the radiologist came to speak with me and said, With your images, I just don't know. In the face of uncertainty, she recommended completing a stereotactic biopsy that I had a few days later. The report came back. At least atypical ductal hyperplasia. At least. Another layer of uncertainty. As a pediatric hospitalist who teaches evidence-based medicine, I perused the literature on atypical ductal hyperplasia, ductal carcinoma in situ, and invasive ductal carcinoma. My research led to the following distinction. With atypical ductal hyperplasia, atypical cells take up less than 50% of the volume of the milk ducts. With ductal carcinoma in situ, atypical cells occupy greater than 50% of the volume of the ducts. This small distinction leads to different paths of treatment. Atypical ductal hyperplasia is typically treated by excisional biopsy followed by alternating mammograms and breast MRIs every six months and tamoxifen, which has significant side effects. Alternatively, ductal carcinoma in situ involves disease-treating surgery. I spent hours reading my clinical chart, reviewing the published evidence, and talking with a trusted friend. Among the uncertainty, I found myself cycling around the issues and decisions hoping for a third magical option. Just wait and it will all go away. You can manage stress, eat healthy, and your body will fix itself. In my work as a pediatric hospitalist at a major children's hospital, our teams create space for families to cycle through accepting one of several unenviable choices. Continue feedings that cause abdominal pain or stop and begin end-of-life care. Move forward with a tracheostomy hoping for miraculous healing or allow natural death from respiratory failure. 
treat seizures with medications that may cause children to be lethargic, or try a ketogenic diet with absolutely no sugars. We wish we could offer that third magical choice. Before my personal experience of diagnostic uncertainty, I struggled with what to say to patients and families making impossible yet necessary decisions. I now find myself naming my own desires and emotions. I wish I had a third, better option to discuss. I share your frustration that we don't have a better solution. Because my desires come from a place of authenticity and acknowledge the limitations of medicine and human knowledge, they seem to land softly with patients and families, even when we know it's not what they want to hear or I want to say. Amidst uncertainty, I had decisions to make for myself. Breast disease management is personalized to each woman's illness and her choices. In my case, surgeons recommended mastectomy of my affected breast. I could choose breast reconstruction with implants or no reconstruction. I was not a candidate for tissue reconstruction due to my small body frame. I could choose to have one breast removed or both breasts removed. At points, the choices were overwhelming. And simultaneously, I knew that I was riding the waves of advocacy of millions of women and healthcare workers who pushed for improved surgery and my ability to choose. I went through even more cycles of reading my clinical chart, calculating my lifetime risk, and studying the options in the peer-reviewed literature. Ultimately, I imagined myself in my 60s, active with my adult children and possible grandchildren, traveling the world, and very physically active. Among the uncertainty, I chose bilateral mastectomy without reconstruction. For me, this meant one surgery, one recovery, no more imaging or biopsies, and no replacement of implants. The day I had my third surgical evaluation, I remember calling my friend and saying, I think I've had too much influence over my treatment plan. As a physician, I speak physician and wondered if I had incorrectly convinced the surgeons of my physician-informed choices. Upon reflection, I realized that this is where the trust of the patient-physician relationship lies. Despite my perceived influence, I trusted that my surgeon would only move forward with a plan in my best interest. She would only offer treatment and procedures that work towards my goals of care. She has my best interest at heart and honors the tremendous trust she holds. Among a great deal of uncertainty, this trust must carry the day. This is the same trust that parents put in our medical teams every day. As a hospitalist, sometimes I hear members of the medical team say, we'll do it because mom wants it, referring to the patient's mother. Alternatively, perhaps we can ask the parents what they want to do. Certainly, we want to avoid paternalism, and we can take responsibility for guiding medical treatment when the path is uncertain. We should only order medical treatments to patients that we can stand behind based on evidence or experience. The language we use regarding family should reflect this. We will do an MRI because his mom wants it becomes... We agree with the patient's mother that an MRI is the best study to evaluate our patient's brain disease. We can share decision-making and voice our responsibility in that shared decision-making. By taking responsibility, we keep our alignment with patient's caregivers and keep our patient at the center of all efforts.
Along with sharing our decisions with patients' caregivers, as physicians, we have the distinct opportunity to provide accompaniment to families. Every human needs validation that they are seen, heard, and matter. Working in the children's hospital, I came to realize that when we align our communication with families and children, we accompany them through trauma, uncertainty, and healing. During my own journey of uncertainty, I had to make some tough decisions and grieve. With the support of amazing friends and a compassionate physician, I felt powerful in the decision to choose bilateral mastectomy without reconstruction because it aligned with my life vision and goals. I was accompanied by them through grieving my former body appearance, my feminine identity, and trust in my health. When my final pathology concluded, I had atypical ductal hyperplasia rather than ductal carcinoma in situ, my surgery was categorized as prophylactic. In some ways, I felt cheated. What did it mean that I got a prophylactic surgery for almost breast cancer? In my gut, I felt that my abnormal cells would progress to cancer and perhaps faster than imaging modalities could detect. I'll never know for certain. My surgeon was elated that the pathology did not show invasive breast cancer, which meant I would not need further surgery, chemotherapy, or medications for cancer treatment. My trust in her reaction allowed me to accept that I made the best choice with the information that I had among uncertain choices. Similarly, I now have a deeper respect for the gravity of the decisions that parents of patients make every day. We offer choices that are optimal in suboptimal circumstances. Some parents must choose requesting discharge from the hospital late at night to avoid missing work and losing their job and economic support to provide for their sick child who is sitting in front of us. Other parents must choose admission for psychiatric care for their child when they can no longer ensure safety from suicide and self-harm at home. As physicians, we bear witness to some of the bravest, most compassionate, yet heart-wrenching choices required of parents, which is both a true honor and weight that we carry. I wonder what weight my surgeon carries for me and the other patients she cares for. Does she allow herself to think about me telling my 10- and 7-year-old children that I was sick and needed surgery to continue to be a good mom to them? Do these thoughts propel her forward to push the envelope of surgical outcomes for her patients, advocate for them, and continue to hone her surgical skills as she accompanies her patients on their uncertain journeys? Likewise, I wonder if my patients and families feel the empathy I have for them, sometimes accompanied by driveway tears or an extra tight squeeze for my own children. I hope they do, and that they feel the immense gratitude I have for them for guiding me forward to constantly improve my communication skills, diagnostic awareness, medical judgment, and ability to accompany them along their uncertain paths. Thank you to our authors for sharing. A note to listeners that In the Moment publishes narratives where either patient or family permission has been obtained or with a notation that minor details have been modified to aid in protecting patient privacy. Thank you for listening.